Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. to the Roker Report. Since we last got together, it's been about two weeks actually, and in that time, Sunderland have managed to lose not once, but twice. Fantastic. First against Leeds. I went to that match, and I've got a lot to say about the atmosphere in the stadium of light at the moment, but we'll talk about that in a bit. And then again against Barnsley, we got our asses handed to us. It's fair to say that everybody's feeling a bit, um, yeah, a bit wound up about it, to be honest. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed with the way things have started this season. But I'm joined today with a couple of lads to, uh, to talk about it. We've got Gav. We've got Graham, we've got James, and we've got James again. So we've got Copley and Jimmy. How are you guys doing? Oh, good, mate. Very well. Bad, not bad. Good. Oh, it's all very low, isn't it? It's all very depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Very self-piteous. Right, well, let's talk briefly then, if we can, if we can be bothered to go over that shite again. Let's talk about Barnsley, shall we, because it was my most recent. Jimmy, what do you make of Barnsley, man? What do you make of that game? Because I thought it was fucking awful. That was crap, man. Absolutely rubbish. I mean, if Leeds was a was a wake up call, God knows what that was. It was absolutely dire. Um, let's be honest here: that Barnsley are shit. You know, they're not very good. I mean, they were mooted for relegation, and they made us look like mugs at times. You know, it was just a bit of a bit of a collapse, which we not shouldn't be surprised about. You know, we'd, we we had a decent enough start. You know, but we didn't really threaten. We didn't really create anything. Our biggest chance really came from when a Barnsley defender almost put it in his own net. I mean. Four four two, it worries me a little bit. I mean, other than I mean, other than that, for open thirty minutes, Barnsley kind of ran the whole midfield, um, and Dong's passing was awful. Cats did absolutely nout, and when you've got a man leading line in James Vaughan, I mean, you you just we just look toothless. Mm. I mean, he runs around a lot, and you know, he, but he just doesn't have any quality. He has no composure. Um, McGeady had no impact. I mean, Lewis Grabham, I guess, probably our best player on the day. Um, Grayson Subs didn't really have any impact on the game. I don't know if that's down to you know lack of options or a bit of naivety from his tactics, but you know we were just really poor. I mean, defensively we looked unorganised. Billy Jones was was really dire. He uh, was completely shown up at right back. Still no clean sheets this season. Um, for the second goal, you say. Reuter should probably do better. He probably should have done better for the opening two goals, really. Um, Browning should have challenged better as well for the second. Um, Honeyman, 
he was fairly poor, really. I mean, maybe we're expecting too much from the lad. You know, if, if we want to be pushing to be a top six side, then expecting someone like George Honeyman to have an impact every week is probably a bit naive on our, in our part, you know. Maybe a bit um, Yeah, I reckon so. And you look... I think you just look at our side and you look at all the sides who've gone up in the past seasons. They've all had goal scorers, you know, Gale for the Mags, Glenn Murray for Brighton. Uh, I mean, uh, was it Gray for uh, Burnley when they went up? Troy Deeney um, for Watford when they went up. So who are we relying on? James Vaughan. I mean, give us a break, man. I mean, we're, just, we're desperate for a front man. We're desperate for a decent striker. Um, and if we didn't have a, a bellend as an owner, I'd, I'd hope we'd have some, some money to spend. But... It's got me a bit frustrated looking at like the start of the season we've had, and I thought there's a lot of optimism come back. Um, you know, really, really keen to have a good season. We're all behind Grayson, and you know, all he needs is a is a bit a bit of money to spend. You know, going in this last week and a half or something to 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 bring some players in because on that display, that squad is far too weak. It really is. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think we all sort of we all knew, didn't we? We all knew it was. Uh very weak squad anyway and I think we maybe we were a bit spoiled for choice when um, well just a bit spoiled in general when Graban came in and he, he started performing quite well and obviously McGeady I think we were very lucky to get away with that regardless of how the rest of the transfer window walked out, uh, worked out what about you Copley what do you make of it mate what do you make of that Barnsley game uh, terrible, obviously, and just to follow on from the kind of squad dissection, I think it's disappointing that uh, the likes of Gooch and Kazri coming off the bench couldn't really make an impact. Like Lyndon Gooch was lar- largely anonymous. He couldn't kind of capitalise on that good performance against Carlisle. Don't really know where Kazri's Kez- head's at at the moment. And I've seen a lot of criticism around saying that, uh, that Grayson doesn't have a plan B. And I think that it is a fair criticism, but what I would say is that I don't think he has the, the personnel to, to implement a plan B I, I don't see where the plan B comes from and it's just it's a bit worrying that uh, that Barnsley kind of outworked and outran Sunderland when we were kind of hoping to build our season about being hard workers and kind of battling and struggling away and they just outworked us completely and after the first 20 minutes we, we ran out of ideas mm. I mean it wasn't just that I, I, is it fair to say that there was a after the first goal went in, there was a general lethargy that overtook the squad. Something that I haven't seen since last season. Definitely. Um, and that, that, that's something that was a big concern. I mean, going back to the Leeds game as well, we saw it then when their first goal went in. And it was it is this sort of like they've given up immediately. And that wasn't there for the first few games that they were in. But I mean, after a while, what, like two, three times of really getting stick for it as well. And... Not to mention the stick they get afterwards. We've seen there's been quite a few fires going around recently, apart from the thing that happened with Darren Gibson, um, which some argued that actually was a good thing. Um, another photo was doing the rounds after the Barnsley game. We're all sitting there, chilling out and having a beer. And there's mixed opinions on that. It's not really controversial. But certainly some people have some bad things to say about, some bad words about that. I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm just gutted. I'm gutted about the whole, the whole situation that we're in. The Barnsley game was it was crap, but I wasn't expecting a lot to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting some sort of huge change. I was expecting us to win. I will say that I wasn't expecting to be completely pasted, particularly with some of the the better starts we've had. So going back to what you were saying about Honeyman, actually, like I was I was doing uh, I was taking some notes of the game anyway when I was watching it, and um, 
I noticed or I've noted that he was actually impacting really well at the start of the game and I don't think that that performance is a is a good barometer to judge him at the moment. I think that I don't think it's it was too premature to call him in. I think it's probably well this is I mean at the end of the day if we were in the Premier League for example, we would be sending him to a championship club. So it's not like this league is and if we weren't sending him to a championship club then we'd probably be looking at moving him on. So he's either good enough or he isn't, and this is the level he has to be capable of playing off if he is if he's good enough. Uh, Gav, though, what about you, mate? What do you make of the whole scenario, that whole awful detritus? Um, I just, Big I just word, think it's... detritus yeah. coming into the rugby report. Big <laughs> words. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say that uh, it just kind of highlights the issues that that we've kind of got off the pitch at the minute in, in regards to personnel. Um, it was obviously going to be difficult for this group of players to carry on that good start they had because uh, ultimately it's it's difficult to to play at that tempo with the same players obviously we're pointing this out before but it, it's going to always be the case until we have other players to bring in the creative players that we've got on the bench either aren't cutting it or we, well, we just don't have them Kasri for instance doesn't want to be here um, <clears throat> although you, you know you kind of get a mixed message from that Instagram post he made but I think it's pretty clear he's probably not going to be here on deadline day. I think mm. I think even if even if a club um comes along with a loan offer, I think we'd probably be, you know, accepting that just in the kind of the way we did with Lens as well. Um Grayson said that he doesn't want players who don't want to be here and I'm I'm not I'm not entirely sure what where Kazri's at, but something's not right there. He's yeah. he's not performing at the level that he was even under Allardyce. Uh and obviously he had a great pre season and everyone was expecting him to, to you know, at least be a big player in the first month of the season, or, you know, until he left. Um, and he's been anonymous, I guess. I, I don't know whether he was just expecting to be playing every week, and his his effort levels have dropped off. But um, ultimately, something's not right, and and it, and it goes across the board. I think I think we're light in attack. Um, the forwards we've got are do a job players, but we don't need players that do a job. We need someone who's going to hit the back of the net when the chances come. I think that's um, it, isn't it? The it, main uh, the main yeah. focus really do has the, to be on transfer. Do they do a job? Well, I would say I would say that there's a purpose for a player like Vaughan in a squad where you, you maybe, maybe have yeah. four, four forwards. I think when when you chase when you when you're trying to hold a lead, that's the type of player you bring off the bench. But I mean, as a starter every week, absolutely not. No. Um, grabbing again when you're playing three games in a week does have a purpose in the squad. I think I think he's definitely got goals in him, but he's not he's not a, a Rhodes or a McCormack that type of player who we've been linked with, where you know they've got a, re- a record and a reputation for for nabbing, nabbing goals, and that's kind of all they do on the pitch. We're I guess he scored. He scored twenty four for Bournemouth when they went up, so he, he yeah, has yeah. got he has got pedigree. I guess it's just like when you've got nout around you. That's it. There's no there's no there's no challenge there, and I think I, I think know, we did see we did mm. see Vaughan bottle that header, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. which was yeah, I think I, which, I, is re- which is really like bad indicator for him as far as I'm concerned. He isn't just bottling headers though. He is getting half chances and not making anything of them. Mm. And I think we've kind of been spoilt in the past with with Jermaine Defoe, for instance. You know, finding goals from nothing. We just don't have a player like that anymore. But those players do exist at Championship level. And uh, Newcastle had Dwight Gale last season, who was very much that like that type of player. Um, we've got to now find somebody before the deadline shuts, I guess, who can do that for us. But I think I think what you touched on before as well, that Jim was pretty important. There, there isn't a supply line either. Um, Aidan McGeady is a very, very good footballer, but he cannot be the only person we, that we have in our squad that can offer something to the attack. As it's it's just not going to happen. It's, I mean, he's he's 
he's in his thirties. We can't reasonably expect him to play every game at, at a high level, even even in the championship. Um, and I would say, I would say from my point of view, I think I think an attacking player who can add not only goals but assists is just as important as a forward now, because obviously we don't have enough quality. We don't have enough quality, and and you're looking at other teams in the league who are struggling with similar issues. You know, um, I've seen, for instance. Norwich are really badly struggling this season and they actually have creative players but their manager chooses not to use them mm. and I'm just looking at us and I'm thinking you know <laughs> we are, yeah it, w- it would be I mean I, w- I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind us going and getting someone like Houlihan from Norwich if they're not going to use them mm. but I mean we 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 just have a there's there's some major you know major surgery needs to be performed before that deadline closes there's mm. there's uh there's obviously a there's an issue off the pitch funds wise and I mean am I being unreasonable trying to expect that we actually sign some players because I mean as we record this it's three days before the window shuts Mm. and absolutely nothing's happening Mm. I mean if it was I'm sure we'd know about it because the God, the club know from a PR standpoint that the fans would like some positive news. Yeah, Um, they're certainly uh, nothing if not transparent these days aren't they? Exactly, (laughs) yeah well yeah I mean I know Grayson keeps his cards close to his chest but I think when we have signed players so far this season, we've known about it yeah. well in advance, especially from like our point of view as a site. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty easy preparing all of our content around the signs because we've known what's coming. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's, that that does worry us slightly because I think we're just going to scramble around and see what we can get on the last day, which is really not a beneficial transfer policy from my point of view. I think I think that we have to be a little bit more considered with our approach to signings even if we haven't got money yeah. um, we were initially we did sign players who you know I think Grayson clearly wanted McGeady for instance and from what I've been told he they, he he took a lot of cutting money in order to come here Everton wanted £2 million for him um, that's why it took so long to get over the line because that was a player who really wanted to come here but I think I think we've exhausted all of those links I think from Grayson talking about you know, players um, players wanting to come to Sunderland. His phone mm. ringing off the hook and things like that from agents of players who want to sign for Sunderland. I mean, what's going on? It, it, I mean, we can't. We can't be. Re- you know, we can't be. Wait- we can't be waiting to sell players like Kazri just to make a loan sign, for instance. Surely, we can't be that skinned. No, no. I mean, but unfortunately, we- before we touch on this, because we've obviously got a- there's a lot to be said about, it, as you can tell from uh, Gav's exuberance. Graham, what did you make of the match, mate? Just before we get really into the nitty gritty. Uh, I think Catamol afterwards summed it up quite well. I think it summed up the club as a whole. I think we don't have the ability on the ball. And I think when we're not on the ball, the attitude's wrong. And I, I think I count a lot of players into that. Um, I could kind of go over the points the lads have made already. But I think if I'm honest with you, I just think the attitude evidently stinks with some players. You can see it. They don't work hard. They don't care. They're not bothered about being here. They haven't been for a while, certain ones. But I think you can kind of get away with that if the ability is there. But I don't actually think we've got that much ability in the squad. I mean, if you write it down on paper, which players are genuinely like top-level championship players, I, I don't think there's that many. I really yeah. don't think there is. What you mean in, in, in the squad? Problem. Yeah, I, I generally think that. I think mm. you know they've they've shown over the first five games that some of them are not high-level championship players, and and the name possibly is like people like. Catamol and stuff like that, but they haven't looked uh, like they haven't looked a level above, have they? Like none of them have, apart from say probably McGeady and I'd say 
in dong at a push? I don't know. I mean, I, I think we've seen dribs and drabs, haven't we? we we've seen flashes of, of what they're capable of. I think particularly with Ndong, um, he, he he can have so much composure one moment and then he can lose it all the next. And I think that's very much to do with his support. Similar to what we were saying earlier about McGeady. Um, he, he's not the... Because he may very well be our only creative attacking outlet. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's the sort of person that we can't overly rely on. We can't... For a start, we shouldn't be in a position where we have to rely on him game after game after game as the only person that the, the attack is moving through. But beyond that, relying on him to, move, to track back defensively. I saw him working in our box against Barnsley and I know we were on the back foot towards the second half of the game for some reason but he, he didn't have to be there and it seemed like they were all very very worried about each other not, not in a yeah. good way do you know what I mean not like so oh, you, I better look out for me mates sorry to jump in Damo but does it does not remind anyone a little bit of Martin O'Neill like yeah. your best at creative attacking player sitting on the edge of the box trying to play from there just it it yeah. does worry us a little bit that yeah. I, I don't know whether maybe if we if we do recruit some better players that can push us higher up the pitch we might see less of that but it yeah it it, it was it was like watching an O'Neill something that's interesting because he's in that sort of multi, it's that very that traditional British tactic isn't it do you know like with because we're not saturated with creative attacking players there's there's a sort of um, what's the word like a well, it's just like a need and urgency to have them replay the same role over and over again. When you say mm. about O'Neill, like it's a bit like McLean, wasn't it? When McLean came in, it was like it was, it was brilliant for the first six games, and then after six games, everybody knew what he was about. Everybody knew what was going to happen when McLean came on. That's, that's spot on, that demo. Because one thing I worry about there, and talking about McGeady dropping so far back, is teams will have watched us for like the first couple of games and Lassine that he's by far our most creative outlet so if they're doubling up or tripling up on him then he's going to have to drop deeper and deeper and deeper just to get the ball to try and impact the game mm. and you know by not having any sort of depth in creative talent you just you're you're always you're always wasting like the tagging talent you do have um I think they're just it's just it's really frustrating because I reckon he must be equally as frustrated, you know, seeing the joy he had in the first couple of games, and now seeing that you know he's obviously got a lot more attention, so he's not got much time at all. I think it's interesting if you look at the players like Oviedo and Billy Jones, and, and being kind of a squad player in the Premier League, or having a kind of steady Premier League career for a number of years doesn't necessarily mean that you can drop down to the championship and be a world beater because you kind of need a few different attributes in the championship and there's there's different things you need to look out for and I think you know Billy Jones and Oviedo coming down and not being world beaters has kind of taken us aback a bit but I think these players may have found the level to be honest I think it's fair enough to, I mean someone said during the game I think it was Gav talking about actually how, how awful our fullbacks really were and I mean on a on a related note, but the reality of it, <laughs> on a related note to that, why can't we solve the issue about our fullback? Why can't we solve this fullback issue? Why can't we get someone in who is just good at both, just who can defend and attack? It doesn't seem to be difficult for any other team, but it seems to be really difficult for us. And when we get one, we seem to either get them on loan and can't be prepared to, and we're not prepared to pay for them afterwards, even if it's a pittance, like talking about like Marcus Alonso style thing, or we get a player like Patrick Van Anholt who can do one thing but not the other. We just can't seem to get, we can't seem to fix that issue. And that was very evident on the in the Barnsley game. That was evident that our, both our fullbacks we're, were shite. We're, we're saddled with Billy Jones, aren't we? I mm. think, uh, yeah, I think, I think in... Uh, 
a manager like Grayson actually probably appreciates the good things that Jones brings to the team, which is obviously his work rate and he's definitely a committed player. Um, but he's just not good enough, is he? And he's mm. he's he's got a a big downside there, which he, he's lack of pace. He's not great at stopping crosses. Um, he doesn't contribute at all offensively, which is a major major issue when we don't have width in our team. Um, it's I think another priority position, a right back. But of course we have three. None of them are particularly great. Um, he obviously doesn't trust Donald Love too much because he played him centre mid in the cup against Carlisle, and he mm. played all right. But, I mean, he, we haven't seen him feature all that much at right-back since Grayson came along, even in pre-season. And it's kind of a worry for me that we're going to go into the season with those three. Um, I do I do think maybe one of Matthews or Love, Love could leave, but I don't see us recruiting anybody. Um, and when Watmore's back, he could certainly do with a good attacking full-back in behind him mm-hmm. who can get past and, and, and help add to the attacks. Because, you know, we, we are going to see a different Sunderland come a couple of weeks' time. I just think I just think we have to prepare ourselves for the players coming back. The likes of Watmore are, are going to be very, very important at this level. But ultimately, he needs support down that side as well. We we can't expect mm. miracles of him, just as we can't expect miracles of McGeady. And um, we kind of we still don't have a lot of balance. There's not a lot of pace there. But at fullback, I think it's pretty much essential at any level of football now that you you're left and right backs and get forward and attack and obviously Oviedo I think will come good this season provided he stays fit but Billy Jones is I mean he has his, he has days where he's a 6 out of 10 7 out of 10 where you think hey he played alright the day but I mean when does he ever stand out or, or really contribute anything Never. he's just there isn't he mm, right. and it's thing is with the go just quickly on the fullbacks as well like the mistakes that they're making are so basic lads like stop the cross it, aren't you taught that from like a really early age just stop the supply mm-hmm. just stop crosses coming to the box and it was all afternoon they were just shelling balls into the box and they just they didn't seem to be getting in their faces against like Derby and against uh, Norwich and uh, against Sheffield Wednesday to a certain extent they were in they were in people's faces and you know they were trying to stop the supply where on Saturday it seemed like I don't want to say complacency but it can't be we know, It must be. We know, I know what David, we know what Sunderland are like. Where, like, you know, they think they've cracked it and they win a couple of games or they mm. put some decent performances together. I'm and concerned. then maybe they just think, oh, we'll just set, we'll step back a bit. I'm concerned. The longer I didn't really think about it before you brought this up, but I'm concerned. What if that's an effect of Grayson? What if Grayson's pinning them in that place? Because you're saying, like, in the match previous or in the cup, sorry, a couple of weeks before that, they were in people's faces. And now they're not. I mean, I was going to say it's because they're crap and they wouldn't know how to get in someone's face. But they do. They can do it. They know what they're supposed to do. And as you say, it's the first thing you learn as, as a fullback or as a defender in general to, to stop the supply. So it's interesting that they wouldn't be doing that at all. Surely that's a, a, a command given to them. It's not like something that they would. They couldn't be that bad, surely, is what you... Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily aim it at Grayson, though, because these are players that, that Moyes had the same problem last year. I mean, obviously, he had a lot of shortcomings as well. But you know, we, we've seen this for years. You know, I think the manager can only do so much. I wouldn't. I mean, I think Grayson certainly has some things he has to answer for for this match. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're still all hundred percent behind him, and yeah, I still yeah, think he'd be a good manager. I, I don't but throw like him under the bus or anything like that. Yeah. I also think we have to be wary of not being too into into that sort of into that mentality. Like, oh well, 
we, we can't badmouth the manager because it might it might somehow affect him. It's not going to affect him what we say about him. So I think we have to be we have to be wary of not blaming him. We absolutely should be wary of getting the pitchforks out and that. But I think equally we have to be very careful with the way we're like. Oh well, we can't. We've got to give him more time. Mm. We've got to give him more time. Yes, we absolutely, he does need more time, but it's never too early to start questioning somebody's tactics. I think. No, I, I think I think that um, he's obviously hamstrung by the players he's got. Obviously, the lack of options he's got isn't helping anybody, and it means that he's he's kind of had to settle on a formation and hope hope it works. I mean, against Carlisle, he played five at the back, and we looked all right going forward, but, I mean, defensively, we were shocking. Mm. Um, and I worry... I know that wasn't with our strongest team, but, I, I mean, I worry that he's probably been put off from that performance from a de- defensive aspect, and, and, you know, I know we'll stick with what we've been doing, and it's kind of backfired the last couple of games. Um, but I mean, oh, still I'm, a from not even get nothing. Like, <laughs> he, I'm not even. I'm not even joking when I say this. I've watched him twice. I mean, I saw him in preseason a little bit, but I watched him for the under 23s when I mean, me and Copley were there uh, watching that. Uh, yeah, and, and then again in the cup, and I, I don't think I've seen two worst defensive performances mm. back to back like that. I mean, he is really, really bad. He, I, do, I don't think it's a confidence thing either. either. I just think ability wise, he hasn't got it. He's obviously very athletic, big lad. Um, can actually, his long passing is not too bad, but I mean, as a defender, he is appalling. Mm. Just appalling, against, and you know, against the under twenty threes, he wasn't even kind of bullying the the Tottenham no. forwards. And he's no, a big he actually lad, got you know bullied. I mean? He got bullied himself, exactly. didn't he? And he was making um, stupid mistakes, like simple things against under twenty threes, and it was it was just a bit of a joke, really. Mm. Yeah, he's he's got serious issues there, and I don't think he's got any future. I think, I think that the club are really saddled with him now for the length of his contract unless we're prepared to take a big cut and you know that that's not that's not going to happen because it just looks bad on their part if they, if they cut the ties with any player they've paid a lot of money for and I think I think he he especially is just indicative of the bad business we've done in the last couple of years he's just a, a very limited footballer who who we obviously done no research on uh, obviously no background check on his ability whatsoever because at, at his age you should be getting a player in the prime not somebody who clearly needs a lot of coaching just to be borderline acceptable in, in terms of what scouted, they're capable of doing Moyes say he'd been scouting him for years as well like he'd had a dark no no, no I don't, I'm not I'm not, I'm not entirely, well, he may, maybe he said something along those lines sure but I, what I believe what I believe was the case was that we were always targeting him even when Aldice was there mm. and it wasn't necessarily a Moyes signing right. so I mean, if if that is the case, then it just shows you, doesn't it, the yeah. way things have been. Yeah, uh, we, obviously, we do need to have a, a fat chat about what's going on in our recruitment system, things like that. I mean, look, yeah. before before we get more into transfers, uh, we've got some questions from some of you people, some of you lovely people on Twitter. So, and one of them on this note, talking about the fullbacks, Pete Cran, he's asking, do players need to be able to be more adaptable to play in more than one position because of the speed and style of modern day football? I'll throw that one to Graham. What do you think about that? Do they need to be more adaptable because of the speed and style of modern day football? Uh, I mean, I suppose so. I, I suppose it would help our situation when you look at how small our squad is if we had certain yeah. players that could it, it would be ideal play if they could all play everywhere for us. But <laughs> I, I think the problem we've got is, and the, and the reason I suppose that one's took us by surprise a bit, was... The simple fact that I don't know if our players can play their actual position yet. <laughs> so to think about, like, I mean, imagine, I mean, who was it? Was it Allardyce who tried Billy Jones at centre off against Everton and we got beat six two? I mean, imagine I pushed, it really pushed the shit up me that thinking about Billy Jones at centre off 
Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, suppose they do need to be more adaptable, but in reference to Sunderland, they need to adapt to the actual position they're playing at the minute and, and, and show they've got something to play where they're allegedly experts in. Um, but I suppose I, I mean, for a, a basic answer, yeah, they, they do need to be, would certainly help us, but... Um, I, you know what? That the players we've got should be able to adapt to this league. Like that, a lot of the players in that league are people who played a lot of their careers in the Premiership, and they look, look like bog standard Championship players for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, really, really need to improve on their own position before we even consider doing anything else with them. See, that's bang on. Like it's it's, it's not necessarily. I don't think about them being adaptable. Like they need to be able to it's, it's square pegs and square holes then we need to, we need people to play in the position that they're familiar with for years and years as Sunderland fans we've seen players shoehorned into positions you know like that they're not comfortable with I'm not necessarily saying that's happening at the moment but I would rather that we weren't having people who are trying to adapt into other positions we we need the people on the pitch to just play play their own position you know if we sign a left back play them left back mm. don't play them left midfield things like that you know um, um, there's, a, there's a bit of a tinkering mentality going on there, isn't there? I think it's happening more and more as the years go by. People seem to assume that you can, because it is interesting to see that, like Graham said about Billy Jones at centre half, and you know what I mean, like uh, Donald Love as well in the midfield, and we've seen Rodwell. I know Rodwell was a centre back originally, but I mean, fuck me, he can't kick a ball, can he? So it's, it's irrelevant what position you put him in. Oh god, we should talk about Rodwell actually. And when are we getting rid of Rodwell? When are we going to sell Rodwell? Because he was shy. Can I ship him to some fucking Turkish club or something like that? I was hoping like, someone from China would come in and be like, "Oh, Jack Rodwell, <laughs> yeah," and just send, just give I'm, them give them the reel of that season when everyone was comparing him to Ross Barkley. Yeah, be like this is give Jack him a Rodwell. YouTube compilation from his time. Lisbon, Lisbon, Sport Lisbon, today. Oh, li- li- yeah, li- sorry, Sport Lisbon. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's been linked with them the last couple of days. I don't know. It was just tenuous, like. But they were daft enough to buy uh, Quatters off us, weren't they? So, I mean, if they're know, listening, he's re- he's really good. Oh, if anyone's listening from um, Lisbon, <laughs> oh, he's really God, good. No it, one the, uh, Jack Rodwell. He's consistent as well. He's oh, not he's very consistent. <laughs> Speed, aggression, pace, you know what power. You with him, you know. Always know what you get. There's another one though. Here's another because this is this is the inevitable conversation. Really, this is where everybody's minds really at. This is what we're really thinking. This is what you can boil everything down to, and it comes from a bloke called Je. But it's, I like his tag, Kinky Kono. Nice, I like that. Um, with the squad we have now, with very few, if any, to come in, do you think we have any chance of finishing inside the top six? No, I don't. I, I honestly don't. I had some hope before the season started. I wasn't really going along with a lot of people who were just like, oh, it's the championship, it's easy. We, When we had a couple of good results, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's sort of piss easy, there's no worries. Now, looking at it, looking at the money we've got, looking at, or rather haven't got, the players we haven't got. I mean, I took away from the Leeds game that we needed at least four players, and I came out of the Barnsley game thinking, Christ, we need about eight players. And every time I say we need more players... It turns out so it dribbles down that Grayson has even less money to spend. So, yeah, I, I can't see it happening personally. Any of you guys, Gav, what do you reckon inside the top six going off current? No one can say yes. There's no one here going to say yes to that question. Like, yeah, definitely mm. top six. Nah, may, maybe not at this stage, but it's a funny league, isn't it? Last time we were in here, we, we started the first six games absolutely horribly and we end up winning it so it's not beyond the realms of possibility we've seen us do it um, <clears throat> Newcastle last season had a bad start and won the league it's not I'm not saying that's going to happen but what I'm saying is is that I wouldn't take you know 
too much from what we've seen so far than the fact that we're doing new players. That can be fixed. Um, certainly be fixed in the next couple of days, provided the club are committed to doing so. I think that's the main worry. You have to um, admit, though, in order know, to fix the problems we have in the next few days, it would be quite the fucking coup, wouldn't it? It would, it would be quite yeah. a result from Grayson somehow. We'd it's, all be sitting and being like, wow, well done, yeah. if he managed that. It's, it's going to take, you know, keen levels of deadline day sorcery in it to yeah. try and to try and turn turn that kind of opinion round. But it, I mean, it, a couple of good signings does tend to cultivate everybody and get everyone back on, on track. Mm. Um, I think I think any there's probably no Southern fan out there who doesn't think we're short. Um, and and the way to, to obviously recapture people's uh, I don't know recapture people's optimism, I guess is is to maybe sign players. Mm-hmm. Um, that that much is obvious. It's just a case of. You know, although the the club have been very strict on the stance of we are not funding this, or at least Alice Short apparently is, we are not funding any more signings. Um, certainly from his pocket. I mean, it, we, we might have to, and I think I think some money has to come from somewhere. Um, the fact the club made thirty million pounds on a goalkeeper and not a penny of that's been spent yet does worry me at this stage. I, I didn't expect us to not spend any of it. Mm. Um, I, I feel I feel as though that we're selling ourselves short. There's certainly not a lot of problems there in terms of personnel. It's just, you know, two or three key positions, strengthen them with quality players at this level even, and, and we're going to be fine. But, I mean, until we do so, it's 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 hard to have any optimistic outlook. I just think I just think they may be banking on getting a couple of decent loans in on deadline day and hoping that McNair and Watmore come back and are going to contribute heavily. And I think that's a lot of pressure to place on those players. And I do think that's maybe the mentality they're waiting for they're waiting for what more to return and, and be this you know superstar at this level. Uh, who knows how he's going to return? He, he might not be as quick. He might not have. I mean, his touch wasn't great before that, but it's going to take him a while to get on the on the ball and run again, um, because he's been out for such a long length of time. But I do feel that they're, they're looking at the squad they've got and they're going well. You know, if he comes back fit and, and rare and, and he's got the right attitude as a as a type of person he is. Um, he he'll be a real big player for us. And well, yeah, I've had that feeling for a couple of weeks now. I just mm-hmm. think, I think since the last deal, which was Reiter, I think was was the last set player was signed, and that was before the season started. Um, since then, we've just you know rubbed our hands and went, well, we're going to wait till the last week of the, of the transfer window, see what comes up. Um, other than that, we're, we're going to get by on what we've got and hope that the lads who are injured can make an impact and I just think that's that's a big 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 risk but obviously financially they're not prepared to, to you know to to put some weight behind a couple of decent transfers which is clearly all we need we need a winger we need a centre forward um, we, we'll probably need to replace Kazri maybe with a number 10 we need we need a full back I mean other than that you look at that squad and you think that's alright but there's obviously there's a lot missing there and until until we see you know what happens over the next couple of days. Obviously, it's hard to tell where we're going to finish. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too resigned not do, having a good finish this season just yet. It's still early. There's a lot of games left to play, but it's certainly nothing we can we can't fix in the next yeah. couple of days. But nothing that we're, if we really talk about, if we really ask ourselves and dig deep, we're not going to fix it, are we? I'm, I'm, I can't sit like what you said about um, Jordan Pickford. There, <clears throat> we've said loads of times, and we've all said. Transfers work in a certain way, do you know what I mean? No one was expecting thirty million to spend. But I was I was going on about it. I was going off about it really when he got sold. I still completely disagree with them. But when we sold him I was like, What are we gonna get? Maximum of five, six million out of that spend. Um and we haven't even got that. And that's what worries me is that that was my 
bargain basement sort of last ditch. That that's that's the lowest I, I think or I thought that we'd sink to, like selling your only real asset, your prized asset for such a, la- a vast sum of money, and then giving your manager like a sixth of it to invest in the squad, which is obviously a terrible business model. And it's absolutely ridiculous that the club have even got to this stage. That they're that this is what we're discussing. It's really fucking quite disgraceful. Uh, disgraceful. But yeah, I, I thought that six months, oh, sorry, six million would be enough. To it would just be like a, or it's just like the least you could do. Do you know what I mean? You you would think that like even if you weren't into saving money, even if you weren't into reinvesting, even if what you wanted to do was cash in on all of your assets, you still wouldn't you wouldn't turn your nose up at reinvesting fucking what fifteen percent, twenty percent maybe of that. You know, it's nothing, especially when you're looking at goalies. <coughs> Seems to me that they've just got cheap everywhere and this just smacks of Martin Bain actually while we're on it this just smacks of him because that's what he does I don't know why any of us were sitting here thinking that he was going to like have some or we were going to have even the 15 million that was bandied around I don't think it was ever going to be that people talk about what Martin Bain's done and how great he is and how great he is with fans and all the great things he's doing for the club you know what I see right I see like 70 people who've been sacked because the 11 players and five or six people at the club around them did a shit job. I've seen those people sacked as a result of someone else's fucking wank efforts, frankly, which is disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. But what's worse than that is then everyone turns around and says about the man who's been brought in to cut these people from the payroll and to strip us of our assets about Martin Bain, that he's brilliant. He's some sort of, he's fantastic. Oh, he's, he's got to do this, though. Look at all the shit we had to work with. Oh, he, he got dealt such a bad hand. Like, I don't give a fuck what his, what his hand was. He's taken millions of pounds to come into this job. He's not a fucking pauper. No one who makes these decisions, they, they don't rely on their weekly wage packets or anything like that. The fact that they don't... They, the, they think the only thing that will... They think there's something that will fix it is this, like, weak-ass fucking fan engagement over what... Three months, four months, something like that. When he first came in, you know, and shitty little things going to the Nissan factory, all all this crap that's like a, a huge PR campaign. And he's even given up on that to, to the point where he's sending these crap emails out to people who are actually like concerned fans, sending him open letters. Whatever you think about open letters, it at least means they're passionate. And they're getting these fucking these letters back, these emails, and they're just it's shite. It's just just utter shit it looks like it's been written six months before that and it's just prepared it's in like a little statement it's ready to go out oh don't worry oh thank you for the worry don't be concerned we're doing our best and we just want this club's great and the people are great and just fuck off do you know what I mean at the end of the day I'm sick of hearing that I'm sick of hearing all the fucking guff man yeah platitudes exactly it's lip service these people don't do anything except pay lip service so when you look at something like this this scenario that you could argue that Grayson's walked into it he has walked into it He, he must have known. He must have asked every other manager around him that he knew. Everyone he knew close to Sunderland Football Club. What am I getting into here? And I very much doubt that a single one turned around to him and said, oh yeah, it's brilliant. You'll get loads of money there and everything will be great. So no one said that. He knew what he was getting into, kind of. But I don't doubt it for a second that when Grayson goes, and I think he will go, sadly, I don't think he's going to be the man that's going to stay with us because I, I don't think he's... I think it's starting to show in his attitude. Very. I don't think he's like... Um, very bitter, like some managers who come out and say, oh, well, I wasn't promised it, or I've promised this and I'm not getting this, and they say it in press conferences and things like that to try and put pressure on their owner. I don't think he's that sort of person. He seems like quite a reserved guy. He seems quite quiet and 
that that is attitude. Fair enough. But I, I think when he goes, we're going to have that same fucking thing come out of him. Like, oh well, promises were made and they weren't kept. I was told I'd have fifteen million to work with in a scenario where really you shouldn't have anything less than thirty, forty. Let's face it. If you want to build a new squad for the championship, and that's what we needed to do. You shouldn't have any less than 30, 40 million. And then you've got, you've got your owner and your chief executive, both your bosses, selling your most prized asset from under you. He probably knew it was going to happen. And then you're thinking, oh, well, 30 million, is that how much you can get from him? Oh, well, it's not so bad. We get a couple of decent keepers in for competition. I'll use some of that money to reinvest in the squad. And they've gone, yeah, yeah, no worries, Simon. But then what's happened? We sold Jordan Pickford, and where's the money? He hasn't got it. So when he's then gone, he's, he's got his little black book, hasn't he? Most of the people that these people, that these managers bring in, there's this pattern. It's been going on for over a year now. The managers know there's no money, but they say, oh, don't worry about it. I, I know such and such. I know this person. I know that agent. I've got all the connections in football. Don't worry about it. So they do that, and then people don't want to come to us because they know that we're on our knees as a club, and they don't have to help us. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not going to keep ranting about that, but bloody hell. James, <laughs> what are you making? <laughs> I'm sorry for ranting about it. I'm sitting here. I'm no. The real, uh, yeah. You hit every nail on the head there, if I'm honest. He's just a wanker. They're all just a bunch of wankers in reality, and that's what really pisses me off, and everyone thinks it, but no one wants to say it. I'm sick of hearing everyone say that Martin Bain's great, because he's not. He's he's just fired a load of people. That's all he does. He doesn't do anything beyond that. The hypocrisy of Martin Bain as well, to fire people when he's on his inflated salary, and he did very well up ranges as well. I've written a couple of articles on this, and nothing gets me blood boiling more than Martin Bain, so I kind of agree with everything you've said there, Damon. And let's not forget, this is the this is the bloke that um, that kind of sent anybody, everybody on a jolly to um, to New York last season, and then the team didn't win a game after that, and then he announced redundancies in the same week. I think so. I don't, I don't really think he has much of a clue what's going on. He's clearly been brought in to cut costs, and as you say, these kind of platitudes initially were kind of to disguise that. And I think um, people and fans of the club have been uh, really, really misled. Mm. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. Like, I mean, what I think what would concern me would be like looking at what we have invested in inverted commas um, in the squad this year. I think not to be negative, but are they genuinely happy with us just staying in the championship to consolidate for a couple of years? Those signings to me suggest, right, we've got no money and they're not going to show the ambition to bounce straight back up. They want to consolidate all the debt they want to get rid of it all and if we can stay in the championship and for a couple of seasons and then try and get back once all that debt's gone that's what we'll do I, I, it, to me it says the the kind of investment we've had this summer that's all it says to me see, I, I don't I, think there's any ambition I agree with most of what you just said but I don't see the end of it I don't see that then we'll get back up you know see I mean? that's just that's blind optimism yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's, just what you, that's what you think I mean we also we we spoke about something I think um, I did a little a little article about it but it's been brought up a few times it's about what we're doing for our actual future you know what I mean it's, it's like we were told when Moyes came in and everything was pretty fucking rough and depressing we were told that we just had to grit our teeth and bear it because this was part of a period of change in which we the club would be converted into a sustainable business model and our recruitment would be fixed and we'd, we'd, we'd scout for the future. And none of that has happened. We've fought more fires. We've fought fire after fire after fire since that decision was made. And it wasn't made by any of our managers. It was only made by one fucking person. There's one person who can make that decision. No one else. It's Ellis Short. Ellis Short is the only man who can make that decision. And because of him... 
because of his poor tenure, we cannot support ourselves in the future. We have no decent scouting system set up. We have no connections to anyone. Half the footballing world fucking hates us. Agents bend us over a barrel. It's just, it's pathetic. No one wants to come to us. And I don't blame them because why would you? Why would you do this? What self-respecting agent would send you to Sunderland right now? What what single one? I mean, this comes from a short man who tried to sell the club, couldn't sell the club, and then turned around and said that he's going to support the club. Do you know what I mean? It's the most fucking ridiculous concept ever. I can't even believe that people lap that up. It's just utter nonsense. Total bollocks, again. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I love this club. Oh, the club's fantastic, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to sell the club. Oh, no, can't sell the club. Oh, yeah, I love the club. I love the club's fantastic. It's just, what a load of fucking crap. What a load of crap. Sorry, James. It annoys, it annoys me that they have this, um, as James said, they've got this, they know they've got this blind optimism from the fans, and they know that... Sunderland's such a, a passionate area and it's true of every club I suppose as well that no matter kind of what they put us through they know they're going to have customers because that's how we're seeing these days customers at the end of it or at least you know some customers to keep buying shirts because that's that's the nature of the beast and it's it's just it smacks of kind of like unethicalness that the that the um that they kind of they uh like bank on that and and kind of misuse us as fans and see us as customers now. Mm. So, Gav, you very much involved, like, in uh, grassroots football and that for a while, or at that stage you coach a few teams and things like that. You're very passionate about it. What are you thinking about the the scouting ability or the lack of knowledge that we actually have as a fan base with regards to Sunderland scouting? Um, I guess I can only speak on a certain level from my experience of being involved like seeing grassroots football but um from from when the when the kids obviously suddenly never have an area they're allowed to hit um in terms of scouting and they're in competition with with really only middlesbrough and newcastle i know i know that hartlepool used to have a have a proper academy but once they were relegated that that changes things so suddenly they're really competing with a couple of teams for the for the same group of kids um and from the age of five, that the kind of it's a it's like a farm, it's like a production line. Um, the kids are brought in just because they show a tiniest little bit of ability, and they're the judged from day one, and it, and it spirals from there, I guess. And by the time by the time um, it gets to the stage where these players are needed, you know, uh, obviously they're looking at them seriously as, as maybe professionals when they, when they start hitting their teens and the, you know they're being considered whether whether they'd be worthy of scholarships and things like that. Um, by that point, it, they've already been burned pretty badly, burnt out from the amount of shit that goes their way. I guess um, I could spend all day talking about the ills of grassroots football, but I just think I think I think on a local level, it, it, it it's not great. Um, Sunderland did have a good reputation up until a couple of years ago. I, I, I believe Newcastle are starting to pull that back round. Um, Middlesbrough have always done well with their kids, but I mean, on a local level, we, we don't do a great job scouting wise in my opinion I think I think I think the kids are developed the wrong way I think obviously a big issue with that is parents and things like that um, and I think I guess that spirals up to the first team you, you, you look at how we, we scout certainly lower leagues and, and non-leagues I think I think there's more could be done like there's, there's definitely players out there who would contribute there's definitely players out there that would be able to to offer us something in the championship who are playing in League One, League Two, and and maybe even in the conference because you look at the, you know there's quite a lot of players now playing at the top level who've 
been through the, the National League and have been released from academies and made their name lower down. Um, why aren't we at least trying to, to, to scout players and bring them in? That could make an impact on our first team. There's, there's Duncan Watmore there, for instance. It's probably the last player we did that with. Came from Ultron and uh, obviously a very handy player um, when he was a young lad there. Scored goals, came here, has developed well because he's got the right attitude. I mean, that if, if we are going to cut corners in terms of recruitment, I'd certainly be looking to, to at least League 1, League 2 and see, is, is there anybody down the leagues that could make an impact and you look at the guy we were linked with the other week from Lincoln the centre half I think he went to another championship team I can't remember who um, he went for a small fee and you just think like could we not have even stretched to buy someone like that we were linked with them it's, it's someone like Marks Madison at Peterborough you know out, without our re- out of our reach I don't think so I think he's a player that could make an impact local lad doing very well for yourself in League 1 still really young and I just think right with skin but could we not even stretch to players like that I don't even think we're looking at players like that as a problem I don't think we're looking in the League 1 League 2 certainly not with any conviction um, and, I, and I think I think we've obviously we've got to write this window off mm. this window this window now we aren't going to be bringing anybody like that in certainly not anybody that can make an impact on the first team um, like I alluded to before I think we're going to wait till the last day and just see what appears Um <laughs> From a scouting point, yeah, about waiting until the end of the until the Premier League clubs have done their business. Mm. I I just, I just think, I just think it's short-sighted and it doesn't board well, really. Um, We all, we obviously know which positions need to be strengthened. Grayson obviously does, but I mean, is it is good practice waiting and just seeing what comes up? All right, Mm. we've probably been given an inkling that Jordan Rhodes is available if we haven't already inquired from him, um, for him. But I mean. Is that good practice? Is he really what we need? I mean, yes, very capable goal scorer in the championship. Had a couple of bad experiences recently. Grayson's record with those type of players is actually quite decent. But is it short sighted from a recruitment standpoint? I would say so. Absolutely. I think I think it I think it's we obviously knew we were going down. We knew we were going down. We knew that from probably the second game of the season when David Moyes said it. I think where he was brought in on the proviso that we might be relegated would be cutting corners. I think they've known for such a long time that this was coming that would be playing right now in the championship, that it, it's not acceptable for us to not be prepared for this transfer window. We, we haven't looked prepared at all. Grayson came in, obviously gave them a list of targets, was able to get some of them very early doors. Um, other than that, the scouting's been non-existent, I would say. Certainly, certainly, play, you, you don't. what level of scouting goes into someone like Ross McCormack, someone who ridiculous amounts of money have been spent on them over the years you know what I mean you, you don't really have to scout players like that you know what they're going to bring like, it's like someone who, who doesn't really <clears throat> pay any attention to football playing FIFA you know what I mean you go to <laughs> FIFA and you're given the option on who to recruit and you're just like you look up all the domestic household names and it's like that That's I agree with you there completely sort by pass goals yeah <laughs> top one I mean with um, with Jordan Rhodes I mean if that is actually something that's going to happen if he could emulate his, his Form in his early years for Blackburn, that'd be great. But again, we we we've, we've seen that these players who have some sort of, if you can call it, pedigree in the Championship don't necessarily come out firing. I mean, what Gav said there, it's interesting because we we discussed it when it happened um, when Moyes brought in Don Love, Paddy McNair, and Gillibodji, and we all said then, well, this is for the Championship. He's buying players for the Championship. It's very clear, and he was saying, oh, I'm building a core building a core of players and it's like yeah it's a core for the championship mate it's a core for the lower divisions and now we're at this stage where 
technically speaking, we should have been prepared and that core should now be coming through. If the plan was all well made, that core should now be coming through into the team and should be fully capable and ready to to deal with what's going on. Basically, should be able to slot straight into this league. But obviously, because we lost Moyes and probably because that plan was bullshit from the beginning, that isn't actually happening. So it's, but it kind of is as well, because like, like we've mentioned, sitting here waiting for Paddy McNair to come back. You know, I can't wait for Paddy. Don't worry, lads, it's Paddy McNair. This <laughs> is like Christ Almighty. Duncan Watmore certainly, <clears throat> as Gav said, no. Whether he's going to come back faster, whether he's going to, he's probably won't come back faster. He's not got bionic legs, but he's not. He might come back slower. And he can. He always had a problem with looking up, and he had a bit of a couple of issues with his first touch. So, relying purely on a on a player like that, who essentially his virtues are his pace and his doggedness. That's that's all well and good, but we need a real predator. Like like we said again, like it's been already said in this pod, we were spoiled by Jermaine Defoe. Um, we sort of assumed that we were going to replicate Jermaine Defoe's form in two or three half-decent attacking forwards, but we haven't got that so far. And the, the best thing we've got out of that is... Um, yeah, is McGeady. And Grabban's been quite good as well, to be honest. I think he'll come good, I think, over the course of a season... He'll get more goals. I only think he's a better purchase mm. than Vaughan. I, uh, I think. I think. I think. Like I said before, once you bring in a few more options in attack, players like that will obviously be able to slot in and out more comfortably. It's it's too much to rely on him and Vaughan to play every week and, and expect anything of them. I think. I think Vaughan is really underwhelmed. I know. I know he wasn't coming in and people expecting miracles of him, but he's he's done nothing. Like not even in pre-season. Um, worked very hard and he's he's got a nice little assist and. You know, had a hand in a few goals, particularly Chef Wed, for instance. He, he, his hand in that goal was great, but mm. I don't think that's why we were signing him. We signed a player who just scored 24 goals for Bury yeah. um, in a struggling team, may I add. So, regardless of what league he was playing in, he was obviously playing in a team who who weren't playing on the front foot and weren't weren't attacking teams like like maybe I don't know, maybe we were expecting we might do so for that start season. But I mean, he's coming to this team certainly had opportunities and not put anything away so I think I think once we do sign a striker or maybe two strikers it'll be easier just to phase him out and use him for his real purpose which I think is just coming on and working hard in games um, but grabbing, grabbing is, Grabbin's a decent enough player he's shown it over his career yeah. he can score goals at this level it's just we're asking, we're asking a bit too much of some of them I think I think he, he wasn't signed to play every week if he was signed to play every week, then I'm very, very worried. But he, I don't think he was. I think he was signed to be one of a number of players who can rotate around once we have our squad in place. Um, what more? What more is obviously we're expecting a lot of him. But I mean, if he can, if he can even pick up pick up from where he left off. I guess he was doing all right when he got injured. If he can come straight back in and because I, I do believe he's got it in him to do something like that. He's certainly a hard worker. Um, I think he will do well at this level, but. We can't expect too much of him, surely. We 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 need the the big take from certainly this conversation. I would say is that we do really really need a couple of players, quality players that are going to make an impact from the off. And if we don't get them by the time the deadline ends on Thursday, then I'm I'm resigned to us having a pretty average season where we don't we don't really mill around the bottom, but we'll certainly just be there or thereabouts in the middle and maybe win one and three and 
just work hard but don't do enough against the weaker teams who are going to play on the front foot against a team like Sunderland who thinks it's a big game. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to struggle against those types of teams if we don't have the quality in our squad. And a lot of teams in this in this league have added to what they've already got, and I can see. Borat and Villa being up there come the end of the season. I know Villa have had a bad start. Borat's been pretty average, but they've brought, they've brought players in who are going to succeed at this level over 46 games. We haven't. We've, we've maybe brought in one or two, and uh, it, it, it's just it's just depressing, really <laughs> depressing yeah. to talk about. But it's it's something that can certainly change. We've just got to cross our fingers, I guess, from today and, and hope that something does happen. Well, I think it's fair to say that we'll uh, we can write off, as you say, write off this window, and therefore we'll write off this part of the season. So we'll wait until the next transfer window, and then maybe we'll look at bringing in someone with some sort of impact. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But we have something rather special coming up for you because transfer deadline day, we're going to get together live, and we're going to be sitting there for a good couple of hours, and we're going to take questions from Twitter, and take questions on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, be sure to check out the Rike Report for more information on that as it happens. Right, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, it's the international break now, so talking about another two weeks uh, until we face off with our next opponent, so that'll be what, Sheffield United. Oh, looking forward to it. It's so glamorous, these games. It's so fun being in the championship. Yeah, so until then, you take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and this is the Royker Report signing off. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 